uh, in Vietnam, uh, in Bangladesh, and also in Sri Lanka. I've uh, been working in those fields, and, and uh, they've come in under Elam, part of uh, what we're doing here. And uh, so that's very, very exciting. We try to see if we can get some of our key uh, folk out there to come into our conference. It's something which we're building on. And uh, we've been trying to get Pastor Osborne to come for a number of years from our, our church in Chennai in India. And, uh, but uh, each year they sort of have another baby and, you know, so it hadn't quite worked out. Uh, but this year they're coming. And uh, some of you know the story there, Pastor Sam, his dad uh, pastored the church as an Elam church there in Chennai. They have um, about 3,000 people uh, in the church now on a Sunday, plus some campuses. And uh, Osborne, his son, uh, graduated from university, and then he's gradually been taking over the leadership. Uh, Pastor Sam's about the same age as me, so gradually he's transferring the leadership over uh, to uh, Osborne. And uh, Osborne uh, is an amazing guy. Uh, when he was young, he had a, a serious motorcycle accident. It was touch and go, whether he'd live or not. He prayed to God. He said, God, if you get me through this, uh, I will marry someone with a disability. It's quite a big thing in India there. And uh, his uh, father was not very happy about him praying this prayer because <clears throat> excuse me, his father uh, has polio, so he knows what it's like to live with a disability. Uh, but Osborne insisted and a couple came and saw Pastor Sam and said, look, uh, our daughter, she's deaf and dumb. She can't hear. She can't speak. Um, do you know, she's uh, educated. Do you know someone who would marry her? And he said, my son will. And uh, so uh, they've been married and, and uh, awesome, awesome couple. And uh, they're going to be at our conference this year. They'll be here on a Sunday. So uh, come and make yourself known to them. Uh, and uh, she can speak, uh, she can't speak, but she can understand. If you look at her face, she can look read. She's a smart girl. Uh, she can work out what you're saying. So uh, come and make yourself uh, known to them. Make them welcome here at our conference. Very, very exciting to have them here. Also this morning, our prayers, our thoughts are uh, with Inky uh, and Jean this morning. And uh, Jean is one of our leading Korean members. And uh, their daughter-in-law sadly passed away uh, yesterday. And so just keep them in your prayers. Gene's here today, not sure where he is, but uh, just really keep them in your prayers. It's a difficult time for them uh, as a family. And can we be doing a series on cautionary tales uh, where we can learn from other people's mistakes. And uh, Jesus, Jesus is a brilliant at, at communicating uh, he, in pictures and word and what we call parables or using illustrations, word pictures to get a point across to minister to people, minister revelation uh, to people. In Luke chapter 17, uh, Jesus is ministering on offenses and, and uh, unforgiveness, forgiveness, holding on to things uh, that uh, if you do hold on to it, a root of bitterness will get inside of you, will affect your life. And he cautions us about what could happen. And he uses an unusual example. He uses an example of a tree. And so let's read that together. It's in your notes there. It's in Luke chapter 17. He says, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, Oh, you know, wow, you know, increase our faith. And uh, the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to the sycamine tree, be rooted up and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. The sycamine tree in Palestine is part of the fig tree uh, family. Uh, it has nothing to do with the sycamore tree, which sometimes uh, we talk about, uh, but it's a very large, it's a very deep-rooted uh, tree. The tree was known to have one of the deepest root structures of all the trees uh, in the Middle East. 
and therefore was a, a, a vigorous and robust tree. It could grow to 30 feet or more uh, up, up above, but the roots went way, way deep down, uh, and they would find like these, uh, these um, uh, moisture way deep, hidden streams way deep in, in the ground. Therefore, it was a tree that was incredibly difficult um, to uh, kill. Uh, hot weather, blistering weather had little or no effect on uh, this tree and because its roots got down deep into the water and, and uh, just enabled it to keep going. So it actually grew where most other trees in that part of the world could not grow. Uh, so it was a very common tree. And the sycamine tree and the mulberry tree, they were very similar in appearance and the two trees even had a fruit that looked very similar uh, in appearance. However, uh, the fruit of the sycamine tree was very bitter. And so you would find that the tree, you know, you'd look at it and uh, it looked delicious. And uh, the mulberry fruit uh, uh, figure was very delicious. Uh, but the sycamine one, when you started to eat it like it was so bitter, you know, it was very difficult to eat. And uh, the mulberry figs, they were very delicious and therefore they were expensive. And so they tended to, to be brought by the more wealthy people. And, uh, but the sycamine uh, fig, uh, it was cheap and uh, affordable and therefore it was brought more by the poorer people. They ate on the sycamine fig as a substitute. Uh, it was all they could afford. And so this is the background to these verses that Jesus is talking about here, talking about the, the bitterness of the sycamine fruit. Uh, he's comparing it to the bitterness that we can have in our life when we hold on to unforgiveness. And uh, he's saying here, you know, that in fact, the sycamore tree was often talked about the tree of unforgiveness. And so uh, he says here, all you need is a little bit of faith. He says you can tear down a tree with a little seed of faith. Whole tree torn down by a little seed. And in this passage, it's different. You remember the other story where Jesus talked about if you have faith, you can speak to this mountain and this mountain will move. And there are things that come into our life that are like mountains. They, they are like impossibilities. Uh, they're not things that, uh, you know, we had anything to do with forming them, but they, they are things that we come to in life that are just like barriers that are before us. Jesus says this is different than that. Jesus is saying this is something that grew. This is something that started off like a little seed inside of you and, and it grew into a tree. It's something that grew uh, inside of you. And, and Jesus says he's talking about unforgiveness. He's a parable here, he says, with unforgiveness. So let's look and build upon what Jesus said here a little bit. And the first point I want to say to you is this, is that unforgiveness produces uh, deep roots. Unforgiveness produces deep roots. Jesus is saying that what you are dealing with now has deep roots. The bitterness that you have got has deep roots. The habits that you've got now in your life has deep roots. That's why the sycamine tree was hard to kill because it had deep roots. You could cut it down to the ground. It would just sprout up again. You know, you could, you could find, you know, it had a system there. You couldn't saw it down. You, you couldn't hack it down. You couldn't trim it down. You couldn't cut it down. Because all you were doing was that you were just cutting the manifestation at the top, but you're not dealing with the real problem, which is the deep roots that were there. And so the tree might have been 30 feet tall, but the roots of the tree went way, way deeper than, than 30 feet down. It had deep roots. See, the roots of bitterness go deep down in the human life and they lie hidden in the soil uh, of the heart. And these deep roots, you know, of the sycamore trig, they resemble these roots of bitterness and unforgiveness that, that lie deep into our hearts and they are just so hard 
to kill. The reason for this, we're warned in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, it says this, it said, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See, unforgiveness can grow deep roots, which are very, very hard to destroy. And then second thing it says that unforgiveness will bury you. Unforgiveness will bury you. See, the, the sycamine tree may not mean anything too much to us. We, we don't live in that part of the world. But it was known in Israel as the casket tree. It was what they made coffins out of. The, the timber was a very hard, very durable tree, a little bit like we have treated timber today. And, and so they used it in those days to build caskets. And so the moment Jesus talked about the sycamine tree, in the minds of people, immediately they would have thought about death, they would have thought about funerals. That was the use of the tree. See, if you don't kill the sycamine tree, it will bury you. It will get you. They build caskets out of it. See, un bitterness unresolved in your life, it will shorten your lifespan. It will kill your creati creativity. It, it will kill the potential in your life to be loved or, or, or to love. The sycamine tree uh, was like it was so bitter that like, you couldn't eat it all at once. It was something that you, you like have a little nibble on it, you know, because it was very bitter. So you have a little nibble on it, and and then and, and, and then in order to consume it, or you know, you you would nibble on it, and then you would leave it, and then you come back and nibble on it again, and and then you would leave it, and and, and you'd keep doing it. You never never like threw it in your mouth and ate it as just one whole piece at a time. It was too tart just to do that at just one sitting. See, what you have growing in you now, it it, it is something you know which has been going over and over and over in your mind. It's like you've been nibbling at it. It's been going over and over and, and over. And, and if you keep nibbling at it, it is going to bury you. It, it will get you. You know, if you don't get it by the root, you're going to be entombed by it. it. It is going to destroy you. And then the third thing I want to say is that unforgiveness can affect anyone. It can affect anyone. See, the sycamine tree, it, it grew in any climate. It was accessible to all people. It was, it was like it's an equal opportunity employer. It, it was there for, you know, affect everyone. And think about the sycamine tree too, that it would grow really fast. It would grow in any climate. It grows fast. It didn't need any fertilizer. You didn't need a certain climate or anything like that. It just grew quick. You can get bitter quick. See, you can be married to somebody for three years and then you're bitter with that person for the next 30 years. See, what, what they did was quicker than, than what it caused. See, the after effects of what they did, it messes your life up. You know, maybe for the next 40, 50 years, the tree grew quick and it went deep. Your entire future can be destroyed by it. See, what I do not resolve will kill me. See, it will kill my opportunities. It will kill what God has given to me. It will kill my future. It will kill my destiny. See, it will kill any love that may be there. It'll kill my peace. It'll kill my power. God tries to bless you in life and, and you just cancel it out. And then the fourth thing I got is that unforgiveness flourishes in dry times. Unforgiveness flourishes in dry times. See, the sycamore tree could dry, grow in dry places. And, and when you're feeling dry, you know, you're, you're about what you didn't get, what didn't work out. The excuses that you make to remain bitter. The sycamore tree thrives on it. It thrives on that dry climate. You know, it's, it's, eaten, it's eaten by poor folk. It's, it, it's 
It's like bitterness is when you're poor in spirit. You're walking around, you know, poor me. That's your attitude, poor me. You're poor in spirit. Bitterness thrives in, in that environment. And it will branch all the way out and it will touch your kids and it will touch your friends and it will touch your opportunities. It will touch how far that you could have been. You could have been happy, but the roots got it. You know, you could have been free, but the roots got it. You could have been blessed financially, but the roots got it. And then if you let bitterness go long enough in your life, it won't be long before it destroys your attitudes and therefore destroys all your relationships. It'll kill your morale. It'll kill your enthusiasm. It'll, your commitment, you won't be able to focus. What happens when you can't focus is that you can't win. And so when you see other people that can focus and are successful and are winning the things, you get bitter about that. You can't, you can't share in, in, in the joy of someone else's success because all the time you're thinking, well, that could have been me. You know, it just kills everything. You can't celebrate anything. The revelation, you know, this is a picture that Jesus gives to us here is portraying, the, you know, the sin of unforgiveness that it, it will destroy our life. And, and Jesus, he's, he brings a caution about this. You know, talking about cautioning tales, he brings a caution about this. James chapter 1, verse 15, he says, when sin is finished, it brings forth death. See, Sycamore Tree was a reminder to those that were listening to Jesus that the sin of unforgiveness is a serious sin of the heart, but can actually cause physical harm. You know, when, when we're spiritually dry, we'll find that bitterness can run rapid in our life. And the wood was used for coffins, which shows how deadly bitterness is. See, Jesus used a sycamore tree for a sycamine tree for a reason. You know, unforgiveness doesn't hurt the one that offended us. It only hurts us. It will kill your peace. It will kill your spiritual life. Even medical people today believe that holding grudges against people can cause stress, and that stress can cause health complications in our life. The sycamine tree really is, it's an unusual tree. And you'll find that it was only pollinated by wasps. See, it could only be re reproduced by wasps that, that, that put this thing right into the fruit of the tree. And pollinated, it wasn't pollinated, you know, otherwise we see like bees going around the blossom and, 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 and things like that. See, the devil, he, he desires to, to, to pollute our hearts. He, he wants to come and he, he wants to sting our hearts with bitterness. See, it wasn't naturally pollinated. What it's saying is you weren't born like this. You weren't born bitter. You know, this, this is something that, that you became. You, you weren't like that. This was, you, you, know, you need to ask yourself, what was your wasp? See, the wasp was the only one that could pollute the tree because the wasp was the only one that had a strong enough sting to push through the hard outer case of the fruit to get into the fruit. See, what stung you? See, what, whatever stung you, it, it stung your fruit. It stung your possibilities. Uh, it, there's, there's nothing worse than to lose your possibilities. You know, when you lose your possibilities, you lose hope, you lose your life. And that means what, whatever I've become is much less than what I could have become. See, part of my bitterness is in, it's in the back of my mind, I'm always, always thinking, you know, I, I could have been. I could have been this or I could have been that if it only wasn't for that. And, and, and it holds us back there. My sis, it doesn't feel like success because, 
you know, I've been stung. You know, ask yourself, what stung you? You get stung by a wasp and, and, you know, you get stung by a bee or a wasp, you know, it hurts, doesn't it? You know, wasps are really bad, you know, get, it hurts. And, uh, but sometimes for some people, it's, it's not the sting that is the worst part about it, it's the effects of that sting. And so, like, the, the hand can go all numb and, or it can begin to swell up and it become really sensitive and, 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 and you know, you can't touch it because, because it hurts there. You have difficulty maybe holding on to something. I, I had a little op there a couple of weeks ago on the back of my arm there. It looks like I had it for a couple of years. It looked like there was a, a splinter or like, it's like a little sting, but like a splinter that had gone in there and, and uh, it just got worse and, you know, I couldn't touch it, it hurt. I'd be walking along the road and Marilyn would grab my arm, I'd just about jump through the roof, you know. It, it was like, you know, it really, really was sensitive. It was oversensitive. I wonder how many times you've been stung. You put on your resume to justify your bitterness. There could be a, a real long resume. You know, it was Mary's fault, it was John's fault, it was Bill's fault, it was Henry's fault. You know, you never know what they did to me. And you've got this long resume of stuff, you know, that, that you've collected. And, 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 and by the time you get to 30, you know, your train fills the temple and there's no room for the glory of God to be in there. See, it turns into a casket and it will bury you. You know, the roots that can grow in your teens that can ruin your 20s and then go into your 30s and then to your 40s and ruin those years and it affects your attitude to your job and your marriage and the way you're parented and, and all those branches, you know, that it affects all of these areas of your life. It totally consumes you. See, the meaning of the sycamine tree is directly related to forgiveness. And Jesus said in order to get rid of the sycamine from one's life, a person only needs to have faith and he says, you only need to have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. You see, the mustard seed is tiny. So you, just, you just need a little bit of faith. And he's saying this to his disciples. He's saying, this is all you need to have. You just need to have a little bit of faith to, uh, to, to get rid of it. It's not a, not a great, great amount of faith is needed to, to deal with bitterness, to deal with unforgiveness. He says, if your brother or your sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. And even if they sin against you seven times a day, and seven times come back to you and say, I repent, you must forgive them. You know, forgiving once is a challenge, isn't it? You know, just once, but seven times a day? The same thing? Like, wow, you know, I'm, that sounds impossible. And, and it must have sounded really hard to the disciples that were listening to Jesus. I can imagine Peter like fiery Peter, saying, you've got to forgive. Like Peter, he reacted anything, you know, seven times. You've got to forgive. And, and the, the disciples' response to Jesus was, Lord, increase our faith. Like, we can't do this. It's like, this is crazy, you know. I need big faith to be able to do what you're asking me to do. They say, this is unbelievable. This is impossible. No way can I do that. Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, he said, all the laws and commandments can be condensed down to this, love God and love your neighbor. Jesus said, if you've got this, you've got the whole book. See, you'll water those dry places where at the moment only the sycamine can grow in your life. Other fruit, other trees will be able to grow in your life if you love God and love your neighbor. 
How do we use our little bit of faith to overcome life's hurts? First of all, don't nurse your hurts. You know, throw them away. Replace them with positive attitudes. Self-pity will destroy you and others that you live with. It's like a poison that will get into your system. Secondly, don't rehearse your hurts. You know, going over and over them in your mind, all it does, it just turns uh, just a molehill into a mountain. Don't rehearse your, your hurts. You know, sometimes we, we're talking to people about it all the time. Well, you know, maybe we feel better talking to people about it, but it's not helpful if you're just talking to people about it and going over and over it in your mind. You should only be talking to people about it if you're working it through to get to a solution out, out the other end of it. Don't curse your hurts. See, you will harvest what you sow in your life and, and those that you curse, it'll come back and, and, and hurt you. You can't change the past, but what you can do is you can change the future. Don't curse your hurts. In the book of Genesis, there's an interesting story there about a guy called Lamech and um, he was a murderer. And it sounds like when you read the story, like some guy did something that injured him in some way. But it, didn't, it wasn't very serious, but it injured him in, in some way. So Lamech killed him. He killed him for the seemingly was small offense. And then afterwards, he boasted about his sin to his two wives. He's the first guy in the Bible that we read that had more than one wife. Maybe that says something about this guy. You know, I don't know. But he boasted about it. And his attitude was this. He said, if anyone took revenge against him, he would return it and make them pay 77 times. That was his attitude. With Lamech, there was no forgiveness, no understanding the other person, just revenge. And so when Peter comes and talks to Jesus and said, how many times should we forgive? He said, Peter suggested maybe seven times. Jesus said, no, 77 times. Jesus takes this attitude that Lamech showed and he totally reverses it. See, don't curse your hurts, but reverse your hurts. They can make you bitter or better. And Jesus, remember when he hung on the cross, his response was, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. They do not know what they are doing. See, there are two ways you can live with hurt. You can forgive it or you can take revenge. One brings life, one brings death. One sets you free, the other binds you up. And the heart of genuine, genuine forgiveness really relinquishes that right to get even. Romans chapter 12 verse 19 says, Never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God for he has said that he will repay those who deserve it. Notice this says, don't even try and get even. Don't try and retaliate. Don't seek revenge. Leave that up to God. You know that little saying, hurt people, hurt people? See, we hurt people because we are hurting ourselves. What did Jesus say? He said, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. You know, when somebody hurts you, when you forgive somebody, you can see behind why they are saying what they are saying, why they are doing what they are doing. Jesus said they don't know what they're doing. Hurt people, hurt people. You can see behind and maybe see in their life, maybe see in their actions, something that happened in their life that is causing them now to react the way that they are reacting. When you pray for God to bless them, when you do good to those that hate you, when you bless those who curse you, you're responding to evil with good. You say, how could I ever do that? That's impossible. How could I ever do that for that person? You know, that's come and done that to my life. That's hurt me that way. You know, you can't do it. The only way that you can do it is that 
you allow the love of God to penetrate every fiber of your own life. See, only the love of God at work in your life will allow you to do that, allow you to forgive as you should forgive. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says, love keeps no record of wrongs. There was this guy and he went to work and he'd had this huge argument with his wife and he went to work the next day and he said, oh, he said, last night, he said, my wife, she got all historical. And uh, his workmate said, you mean hysterical? And he said, no, historical. She brought up everything I've ever done. <laughs> do you ever do that? Yeah, I think we all do it at times, don't we? <laughs> the Bible says when I do that, I'm being hateful. I'm not doing it in love because love keeps no record of wrongs. Doesn't mean that you forget these things, but it does mean that you don't use it as ammunition. Means you don't pull them out and use them to retaliate because love keeps no record of wrongs. What was Jesus saying? You only need a little bit of faith. You know, something that to us seemingly has grown into a huge tree in our life and it's got roots that are so deep and Jesus saying no you only need a little bit of faith only takes a little bit of faith to say I forgive I forgive you and that's what he asks us to do you know maybe today here today there's relationships that are broken with people you know there's family relationships broken down relationships with friends you know the roots will affect every area of your life that Jesus wants to suggest to us today, caution us today, hey, it only takes a little bit of faith and you can be free. Amen, let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for Jesus' teaching to us today. Lord, I just pray, oh God, Lord, that you will allow us just to be able to exercise our faith, just to take that free will that you've given to us and allow, first of all, our lives to be filled with your love and then in turn to be able to release that to others, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church, would you stand to your feet and thank Pastor Luke for an amazing word. I know we all need that in our lives. You know, I wanna do one more thing and if I could just ask everyone to just close their eyes and bow their heads for just a moment. There's a couple more things we really wanna do before we close out our service. You know, Pastor Luke spoke about I love that forgiveness is only possible when we experience the love of God in every part of our being. And I wanna give an opportunity today, if you do not know Jesus, maybe you have not had that love, maybe you do not know it, but you just know your life is a mess and you need something. Maybe it's your first time here today. I'm gonna pray a prayer in just a moment. And I'd love for you to join with me in praying this prayer just in your heart because God loves you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. But sometimes our lives go and follow different tracks and different paths. We all mess up. But you know, the incredible thing about Jesus is that when He came and He died on the cross, He came not to bring condemnation and judgment on us. He came to give us new life and eternal life and fullness and wholeness in Him. And I'm gonna pray a prayer now and if you really need God in your life, you're saying, Bex, I just need that love. Then I want you to pray it along with me in your heart. We say, dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. 
Thank You that You took the punishment that I deserve for all the wrong in my life. Today, I turn my life toward You. I ask for Your forgiveness. I wanna start brand new today. I start a journey with You. I give my life to You as my Lord and my Saviour. In Jesus' Name, with every head still bowed and every eye closed, we don't want you to do this journey alone. And we would love to be able to put something in your hand, maybe give you a Bible if you don't have one. We'd love to help you take your next step with God. So I'm gonna ask you to do something really brave. We don't wanna embarrass you, but we just want to acknowledge you. If that's you today, you're saying, Bex, would you count me in on that prayer? You're saying, I need Jesus today. I'm gonna count to three and I just want you to give me a wave right where you're standing. One, God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. Two, He created you for relationship with Him. Three, anybody here this morning? You're saying, Bex, count me in. Awesome, down the back. Anybody else? You're saying, Bex, would you count me in on that prayer? I prayed that prayer today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we thank You for the power of a changed life. God, I thank You that right now You are celebrating lost kids coming home to You. Jesus, we thank You for Your unconditional, no strings attached love. God, we honour You this morning. We celebrate all You're doing in our lives. In Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen. Hey church, we wanna do one more thing and that is to receive our mission offering for Bangladesh. We're gonna sing a song. Our team are gonna pass around the buckets. But I just wanna say, I think it is incredibly fitting that as we step out to plant, as we announced last week, our newest campus in Papakura, that we would be given an opportunity to sow into a brand new church somewhere else in the, in the globe. I think that's amazing that as we step out to do something, we can sow a seed into something and believe that God is gonna pour out on what we're doing as well as on what they're doing. So come on, let's invest. Let's give generously today. You can give on the envelopes that we handed out last week. There are some in the foyer. You can give via push pay. Don't go anywhere though. Stay in your seats. I'd love to just let you know a couple of things before we go and pray for you before we leave. Thank you, team. It's worship. Amen.